All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? A two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1952-1953 season of the Jack Benny Show. Wow. Uh, we're going to bring you another great episode here. I hope you, you're going to enjoy it. Of course, there's still a Christmas theme going throughout the episode. They'll mention a lot of Christmas stuff. Hope you enjoy it. And from last week, we had Christmas shopping, of course. Hope you tuned in yesterday to all our great Christmas shows and today for some more great Christmas shows for you from lots of different old-time radio shows. Uh, I wanted to mention, uh, I wanted to thank folks who've written in. And after I read Paul's letter, a lot of folks have written in and said wonderful, nice things about the podcast and that you really enjoy my introductions and would like more of them. Um... You know, but I, you know, Paul. I totally respect Paul's opinion, and it's just fine. He can always fast forward through me, um, but I'll try and give you a few less ums and so forth if I can, and I will do my best with that. Now, another thing coming up here is next week we have another one of our missing episodes, lost to time, not heard for sixty years. But I do have the script, and uh, as some of you I've mentioned before, we're doing a at my uh, at my middle school, we're doing a podcasting club, and so far <laughs> I've only got a couple members in me uh, in the podcasting club. I mean, a lot of people I just haven't got the sign up sheet ready to go and all of that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, we sat down this last week and we performed the entire episode, the three of us. So uh, I didn't want to make either their, my son and um, another of his friends. I didn't want to make either of them have to take the girl part. So I took. So I'm Mary, and I'm also Jack, and um, my son's friend is Don, and who else is he? He's Don. He's Bob, and he's Mel Blank, and my son is Rochester, and Dennis. And the little boy from uh, the new the new year, because it has one of the um, allegorical fantasies for new New Year's that we did. And the first half we did pretty well. The, the last half, the fantasy, I kept on losing my uh, the my my character a little bit and so forth. So I don't know if we get a chance to re-record it, we will. But I guess my question to you folks is. Would you like to hear this version that would at least present the content of the episode, if not done in the greatest uh, acting style? But I'm just curious if you guys want me to air that, because I can air that next week if you want me to. And between now and then, we'll try and re-record it better, but if we don't, we don't. Uh, and it does have some really, really good bits in it. Uh, certainly, if you can have me reading a script with two, um, two not-yet-teenage boys 
and have us all laughing at the script. That's pretty impressive when you can do that. So shows how great the writing was from 60 years ago on the Jack Benny show. So anyway, email me. Tell me if you'd like me to air that for you guys or not. My uh, email, of course, is buckbennyotr at gmail.com. And remember, we're not asking for donations at this point. Uh, we're, we're doing good for next year. We are asking for anyone who wants to donate to donate to the Red Cross. That's www.redcross.org. Or um, typing in 1-800-RED-CROSS on your phone and uh, donate to the Red Cross in this wonderful Christmas season. And we'll see you folks next time. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And remember... Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike, Lucky Strike. Yes, friends, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Here's why. Lucky's Better Taste starts with fine, light, naturally mild tobacco that has a wonderful taste all its own. Remember, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. In addition, Lucky's are made better to taste better, made round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly, to taste cleaner, fresher, smoother. And say, Christmas shoppers, because Lucky's are so popular everywhere, they'll make wonderful gifts for all the smokers on your list. Your Christmas Lucky's come in a really beautiful gift carton, specially created by the world-famous designer Raymond Lowy. As there are only a few shopping days left, get yours now at your favorite cigarette counter. Make this a lucky Christmas. Give your family and friends, yes, give everyone a cheery Christmas carton of Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky for Christmas gifts this year. Broadcasting from the Veterans Administration Hospital in Long Beach, California, the Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, since our program today comes to you from a hospital, I take great pleasure in bringing you a man who talks like a doctor and walks like a nurse. What? Jack Benny! Well, that's all I've got to say. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again. This is Jack Benny talking. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Don, Don. Oh, oh, I'm sorry to break up like this, Jack, but that introduction I gave you was so funny, I just can't help laughing. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you thought it was funny, huh, Don? Yeah, you're not angry, are you? No, no. Oh, well, I'm glad you're not, because you don't be anything for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Talks like a doctor and walks like a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, you sure you're not angry? Don, Don, now why should I be angry? After you said I, when you said I talked like a doctor, I was flattered. 
After all, if I'm a doctor, I'm an M.D. M.D. means more deductions. <laughs> Which is exactly what you're going to find on your paycheck this week. <laughs> now, laugh that one off. Now, mother. wait a minute, Jack. Every time I say something that strikes me funny, you always... Don, 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 don't get excited. I'm not going to cut your salary. I only said that to stop you from laughing. See, the way you were shaking, I was afraid Terminal Island would sink another three feet. <laughs> no kidding, fellas. You ever see a stomach as big as Don's? If that thing was filled with toys, every kid in America would be loaded. <laughs> hey, that, Don, if you're such a laughing boy, why is it when I say funny things, you don't get hysterical? That was a pretty good joke, you know. Well, frankly, I fail to see the humor in any platitudes concerning my obesity. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't like being called a big fat slob. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Hiya, fellas. Well, Mary, I'm certainly glad you got here in time for the show. You know, you had me worried. Well, I'm sorry, Jack, but I overslept. It took me an hour and 20 minutes to drive down from Beverly Hills. Oh, you overslept, huh? Yeah. I've been up late every night this week. Well, look, Mary, if I told you once, I've told you a thousand times. If you want to remain a big star, you can't stay up all hours of the night having fun. Who's having fun? I'm wrapping Christmas packages at May Company. <laughs> Oh, yes, the Christmas rush, yeah. Uh, excuse me a minute, Jack. Oh, Don. Yes, Mary? I've got a big surprise for you. Just as I entered the building, I ran into Dr. Komar and Dr. Bohr. No kidding, Mary. Dr. Komar and Dr. Bohr, huh? Uh, who's Dr. Komar? Who's Dr. Bohr? Uh, Don, they said that since the operation, they've received honorary mention from the Medical Society. Ah, gee, that's quite an honor for Dr. Komar and Dr. Bohr. Who's Dr. Komar, and who's Dr. Bohr? And you know, Don... Wait a minute! <laughs> who's Dr. Komar and Dr. Bohr? Well, Jack, if you must know, they're the doctors who performed a major abdominal operation on Don. On Don? Yes. Gee, I didn't know Don had a stomach operation, Mary. What did they take out? They didn't take anything out. They put in a deep freeze. <laughs> Now, Mary, Mary, before you came in, Don told me that he doesn't like any platitudes concerning his obesity. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know, Mary, really. I'm quoting. Oh, Longfellow the poet? No, fat fellow, the announcer. <laughs> now, look, Mary, we came down to entertain the boys here at the Veteran Administration Hospital. So let's not... Oh, excuse me, Mary. Come in. Here I am, boss! Rochester! Well, bring it, bring it right in, Rochester. We'll set it up here in the corner. Jack, a Christmas tree. That's right, Mary. I bought it for the boys here. Well, Jack, with trees selling for a dollar and a half a foot, you certainly picked out a nice big one. Oh, I picked this one out, Miss Limston. I returned the one that Mr. Benny bought. Uh, why, couldn't you get it through the door? Through the door? You could have gotten that one through the keyhole. <laughs> Rochester, do me a favor. Just set the tree up and start trimming it. Okay. 
And, boss, if I do a good job, would you give me the rest of the week off? I sort of made arrangements to play Santa this year. Rochester, you're you're going to play Santa Claus? No, Santa Anita. <laughs> I should have known. I'm sorry, Rochester, but I'm not giving you any time off to go to the racetrack. But, boss... Rochester, don't but boss me. You've been working for me for 12 years, and I've made it a policy never to let you gamble. Well, Mr. Benny is right, Rochester. It'd be different if you were making a decent salary. <laughs> Why, certainly. <laughs> Rochester, set up the Christmas tree and start trimming it. Okay. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Rochester. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. If my voice was higher, you would fire Dennis Day. <laughs> I would not. Now, Rochester, just hang the ornaments on the tree and be very careful with them because... Hello, we... Mary. Hello, Jack. Hi, you fellas. Bob Crosby. <laughs> Say, Bob, this is the first time you've been down to the Veterans Hospital in Long Beach. How do you like it? Oh, it's just wonderful, Jack. You know, this whole place is run just like a great, big, luxurious hotel. <laughs> A hotel? You know, Jack, I ran into a friend of mine who's a patient here, and you should have heard him rave about the service. No kidding. Why, he said all you have to do is just yell, and four beautiful nurses rush in and wait on you. <laughs> no. Yeah. And he said it doesn't matter when you feel like eating. All you got to do is just press a little buzzer, and the chef comes out, sits on the edge of your bed, and says, which would you prefer, boys, filet mignon or crepe Suzette? <laughs> That is service. I don't blame your friend for raving. Oh, that isn't all. If you feel like a little liqueur or champagne after dinner, why, my friend said all you have to do is just call the wine steward and, uh... Bob. Bob, why'd you stop talking? Well, that's where my friend stopped. He came out of the ether. <laughs> Well, I, I thought he was exaggerating a little bit. Now, Bob, even though Dennis is going to sing later, I think the boys here would appreciate it if you did a song, too. How about it? Huh? Well, I've got a song that hasn't anything to do with Christmas, but it's a very big hit right now. Well, I'm sure they'd like to hear it. Let's have it. <laughs> Get in your eyes, don't let the moon break your heart. While all blooms at night, in daylight it dies, don't let the stars get in your eyes. Oh, keep your heart for me, for someday I'll return, and you know you're the only one I'll ever love. Too many nights, too many stars. Too many moons could change your mind If I'm gone too long Don't forget where you belong When the stars come up Remember you are mine Don't let the stars get in your eyes Don't let the moon break your heart Love blooms at night In daylight 
night it dies, don't let the stars get in your eyes. Oh, keep your heart for me, for someday I'll return, and you know you're the only one I'll ever love. Don't let the stars get in your eyes. That was Bob Crosby singing Don't Let the Stars Get in Your Eyes. And very good, Bob, very good. Thank you, Jack. Say, do you mind if I ask you something? Not at all, Bob. What is it? Well, what would you do if you found out that someone was stealing your jokes and trying to imitate you? Well, I'd be awfully upset about it. Why do you ask? Well, I'm in the same predicament. <laughs> you are? Yeah, there's another singer around. He makes records and everything. Goes out of his way to sound an awful lot like me. <laughs> hmm, I think I know who you mean. Bob Hope introduced me to him. <laughs> While they were making that picture, The Road to Redondo. <laughs> but uh, look, at if you're so concerned about this fellow stealing your style, why don't you talk to him? Well, I did, and he hit me over the head with Gary. <laughs> well, good, good. Well, wait a minute, Bob. If you feel that your brother Bing's reputation is hurting you professionally, why don't you change your name? Say, that's a good idea. Why didn't I think of that before? That's what I'll do. I'll change my name. What are you going to change it to? Sam Crosby. <laughs> well, that'll fool everybody. Now, look, Mary. Oh, boss! What is it, Rochester? I'm almost finished trimming the tree. How does it look? Mm, those ornaments I brought down certainly look nice, but, Rochester, the tree doesn't look colorful with just the red ornaments. Put some green ones on now. There ain't any green ones. Rochester, I picked out two dozen green ones. How come they're all red? They ripened on the way down. I told you not to use them. <laughs> hmm. I can't understand how those tomatoes could ripen so fast. <laughs> From Beverly Hills to Long Beach is only 40 miles as the crow flies. That's a 1952 crow. You got a 1910 Maxwell. <laughs> oh, stop. Rochester's right, Jack. Why don't you get rid of that old car and buy a new one? I'll tell you why, Mary. That car has been like an old friend to me. It's been with me through rain and shine, through thick and thin, through good times and bad. Through McKinley and Coolidge. Coolidge. <laughs> very funny, Mary, very funny. I think, I think that was the cleverest line in the show. Don't you think so, Bob? Bob? Sam? Yes, sir. <laughs> Everybody has to be a comedian. Well, Jack, you've got to admit that Mary got off some beautiful ad-libs today. I know. She must be trying to impress the girls at the May Company. May Company? What does he mean, Mary? Well, Bob, I can't live on what Jack is paying me, so I'm working nights wrapping Christmas gifts. Oh, no. Now, wait a minute. I don't believe that Jack could be that cheap. Well, brother, you're in for a shock. A shock? Yeah, last night I wrapped the Christmas gift he's sending you. No kidding, Mary. What did he get me? Well, I'm not allowed to tell, Bob. When, when you unwrap the Christmas package, save the paper. It's the most expensive part. You nearly lost that joke up good. I thought she'd never get to the end of that one. I don't mind being stingy, but get to it. Now, Bob, believe me, I'm sending you a very... 
Excuse me. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes. Mr. Benny, I represent the patients here at the Long Beach Veterans Hospital. I see. We understand that when you did a show at an air base, the boys gave you a propeller with their names on it. Yes, yes, they did. And when you did a program at a naval base, they gave you a life preserver bearing the signatures of the entire personnel. That's right. So we, too, would like to present you with a token of our appreciation. You would? Yes. On behalf of the patients here at the Veterans Hospital in Long Beach, I'd like to present you with this autographed bed sheet. <laughs> Well, isn't that wonderful? Gee, look at all the names of the boys here. Wait a minute, what's this name here? It looks like Robert Smith. But the Robert is scratched out, and it says Louise. Uh, yes, the doctors here are as good as the ones in Denmark. Louise. Well, what do you know? Well, thank you very much for the gift. You're welcome. <coughs> what a thing to present me with, a bed sheet. Oh, boss! Yes, Rochester? I can't reach the top of the tree to put the star on it. Well, of course you can't reach it. Use the ladder. But, boss, that ladder's awful wobbly. Oh, stop being a baby. Give me that star. I'll climb the ladder and put it up myself. There we are. Now all I have to do is lean over. Jack, and... Jack, the ladder's starting to shake. Look out! <laughs> hmm. Boss, boss, the tree looks beautiful. What do you mean the tree looks beautiful? I still got the star in my hand. I know, but your two babe blew off and caught on the top branch. <laughs> my toupee? Yeah, lots of trees have snow, but this one's got dandruff. <laughs> hmm. Jack, Jack, when you fell off the ladder, did you hurt yourself? No, darn it. What do you mean, darn it? Well, the year's almost up, and I haven't had a chance to use my Blue Cross policy yet. <laughs> now, Rochester, set the ladder up again. I'm going to put that star up Well, oh, just top. a minute, just a minute, Jack. What is it, Don? Well, the sportsman quartet just came in, and they've prepared a commercial I'm sure the fellas here will like. Can they do it now? Well, certainly, Don. Tell them to go right ahead. Okay. All right, fellas, take it. <laughs> Listen, 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 better watch out, you better not cry. Listen now, Jack, we're telling you why. Santa Claus is coming through town. He's making a list and checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming through town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out, you better not cry. Listen out, Jack, we're telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. With plenty of luck, he's right on his back. A carton or two for Mary and Jack. Santa Claus is coming to town. And you can be sure that Santa is glad. Bringing those luckies to mother and dad. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now Santa knows that lucky stripes are better tasting too. There's nothing that beats better taste. There is nothing, no, there's nothing. Light up a lucky 
better start now. Open up tight, we're telling you how. Santa Claus is coming to town on Thursday. Listen, 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 listen. Santa Claus is coming to town. was very, very nice, Don. Gee, I, I wish I could use that number on my television show next Sunday. Oh, that's right, Jack. Your next TV show is the 28th, isn't it? That's right, next Sunday. Jack, are you having any guest stars? Am I having guest stars? Get this, Mary. I'm having Mr. and Mrs. Jimmy Stewart. Wow, Jimmy Stewart and his wife. Why, Jack, that must cost a fortune. No, no, it doesn't, Bob. You see, I made a very good deal. You see, I only hired Jimmy Stewart's wife. And Jimmy is coming on for nothing. Yeah, but why would he do that? He doesn't trust me. <laughs> anyway, they're going to be with me next Sunday on my TV show, and it's going to... Well, Dennis, it's about time you got here. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hello, everybody. What made you so late? Oh, I wasn't late. What? I was here all the time, but my mother told me to hide. Why would your mother tell you to do a thing like that? She said, I like to see the old man worry. <laughs> Dennis, what has your mother got against me anyway? Look what I did for you. I made it possible for you to be on radio. Got your jobs and pictures, television. I don't know why your mother's so mad. Why, last summer, when I took you to London, I even bought your, your first-class uh, passage. I'm worse than Mary here. For <laughs> Why, last summer... I'm going to take that line over again. <laughs> Why, last summer, when I took you to London, I even bought you first-class passage. That's why she's mad at you. Why, because your ticket was first-class? No, because it was round-trip. <laughs> oh, well, Dennis, I don't care if your mother likes me or not. And, kid, if she was listening to the program, I hope she squirmed a little because I had Bob Crosby sing a song. Who? Bob Crosby. Who? Dennis, don't you remember me? Oh, Sam! <laughs> yes, Sam. Now, look here, Dennis. Jack. Huh? No wonder Dennis says silly things. You get him excited. You don't yeah. know how to handle him. I guess you're right, Mary. Of course I'm right. Now, now look, Dennis. This is the first time you've been here at the Veterans Hospital. So why don't oh, you... Oh, I was here before. Oh, you were? Uh-huh. During the war, when I was entering the service, I had to fill out a questionnaire, and after I got through answering all the questions, they sent me down here for an examination, and three doctors examined me to see if I was fit for the service. Three doctors? See, that must have been quite an examination. Did you have to remove all your clothes? No, they just told me to take off my hat. <laughs> Well, that I can believe. Yeah. Oh, you know, Mr. Benny, I rode down here with Don Wilson, and he told me a very funny joke. Would you like to hear it? Well, yes, Dennis, go ahead. Well, Don said Just that I... Just a second. Just a second, Dennis. Are you sure you can tell this joke before this mixed audience? You know, Louise is here. <laughs> is the joke all right? Oh, sure. It's a wonderful joke. Well, what is it? Well, Don told me that you ought to be a big success at this hospital because you talk like a doctor and walk like a nurse. Ha-ha! 
Dennis, I'm glad you repeated that, Joe, because if I'm a doctor, that makes me an M.D. M.D. stands for Morton Downey, who may be singing on the program next week. <laughs> Oy vey. So watch it. <laughs> oh, boss! Oh, oh yes, Roger. <laughs> oh, is that you, Oy vey? Yes, Rochester. I got the lights on the tree. Should I turn them on? Not yet. Hey, kids, Rochester, ready to light up the tree. Let's all gather around. Oh, yeah, let's see it, man. Now, okay, Rochester, plug in the lights. Yes, sir. <laughs> hmm. The wires must be crossed. Well, something must be crossed. The tomatoes lit up. <laughs> Rochester, try it again. Yes, sir. Oh, here's the trouble, boss. There's a bare wire right by the socket. Well, don't stand there. Fix it. Who, me? <laughs> yes, you. Boss, I ain't fooling around with electricity. Oh, Rochester, imagine being afraid of electricity. Supposing Robert Fulton was afraid. He never would have invented the electric light. Would he? Jack, uh, you're thinking of Thomas Edison. Edison? Well, then what did Robert Fulton do? He wrote, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, Rochester, please fix these lights. Okay, okay. Now, let me see now. In electricity, there's the electrons and the electrodes. <laughs> then there's the positive and the negative. But I ain't positive which one is negative. <laughs> hmm. Then uh, there's the atoms. Now, the atoms are supposed to go from the positive to the negative. Or maybe they go from the electrons to the electrodes. Then again, maybe they go from Long Beach to Wilmington. Rochester. Now, as long as these atoms keep passing each other, everything is all right. But when they meet halfway and start fighting, they're going to turn on anybody who tries to butt in. Rochester, I'm not interested in the scientific details. I just want you to fix those lights. And you've got nothing to be afraid of because while you're fixing it, no one is going to plug it in and no one is going to turn on the switch. Oh, I know, boss. While I'm, while I'm holding the bare wire, you ain't going to turn on the switch and Miss Livingston ain't going to turn on the switch. Of course not. But way up there at Boulder Dam, there's a little man sitting in a room all alone <laughs> with thousands of wires around him. So what? Uh, how do I know he ain't going to do something just to break the monotony? <laughs> Rochester, you can stop with the joke. Jack, Jack. What? Look, the lights went on. Oh, yes. Who fixed the wire? <laughs> I did, Jack. Well, isn't that beautiful? Look how pretty the lights are. Oh, Dennis. Yes, Mr. Benny? Now that the tree is lit up and the boys here in the hospital are waiting to hear you sing, would you like to do some Christmas carols? I sure would, Mr. Benny. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of my sponsor and my entire staff, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Dan this is the CBS Radio Network. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents transcribed the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Your enjoyment here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Very often, a man will do something against his better judgment just to please his wife. Sometimes it can prove embarrassing, like what happens to Phil tonight. More about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. You're in for a happy surprise when you buy RCA Victor television for you'll pay much less than you might imagine. You can actually own new RCA Victor television for as little as $199.95. Think of it. For less than $200, you can enjoy television's finest pictures. Every RCA Victor set has wonderful advances like the new Magic Monitor. This exclusive circuit system automatically screens out interference, keeps pictures sharp and steady. It steps up power automatically and automatically ties the best sound to the clearest pictures. Yes, RCA Victor quality means top performance and more. Every detail of every set, from the control knobs to the handsome cabinet styling, reflects the craftsmanship that has made RCA Victor the world's most owned television. So go to your RCA Victor dealer tomorrow. See the new Brookfield console, for example. Here's big 21-inch quality television at a modest price. Buy tomorrow, and chances are you can have delivery before Christmas. Of course, America's finest television deserves America's finest service. So when you select your RCA Victor set, order an RCA Victor factory service contract for expert installation, adjustment, and service by RCA trained servicemen. And remember, every year more people buy RCA Victor than any other television. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. This time of the year, nearly everyone is busy with preparations for Christmas. The Harrises have practically completed theirs, except for their outdoor decorations. Phil and Alice's brother, William, are at work on that now. Oh, this is a waste of money, all these decorations, holly and wreaths. Uh, no, it's not at all practical. Stop beefing. Everything looks very pretty. Well, I got the wreath up, now to get the lights strung. I want to put them across the top of the house and down the sides. That's already that... done, Philip. I did it while you were in the garage decorating your still. <laughs> That ain't no still. It's my new hat-blocking machine. <laughs> Uncle Fedora sent it to me for Christmas, and I just all thought... All right, that... all right. Hat-blocking machine, indeed. You must know, it's a pressure cooker. <laughs> I was canning a few beets. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let's stand back and see what kind of a job you did on these lights. Let me see, I... Well, you certainly used enough lights. You got them all over the front of the house. Yes, it's not only ornamental, it's practical, too. <laughs> I arranged the lights so that they spell something. <laughs> well, that's a cute idea. What does it say? Well, you can read it better when they're lighted. Now, wait, I'll turn the switch on and show it to you. There. <laughs> hey, look at that light up. Let's see what it says. Merry Christmas from Alice Faye and husband. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you put my name up, too? Well, I'm planning on using the sign again next year, and there's no telling if you'll still be with us. <laughs> You can put my name up. I'll be here. Very well. Well, uh, uh, read the rest of the sign. Okay, okay. Let's see. Alice Fay and Husband, stars of stage, screen, and radio, now available for television. Will work cheap. <laughs> Call Hollywood 6161 or toll-free number Zenith 470. <laughs> oh, do you like it, Philip? No. You left out half tuxedos will travel. <laughs> what are you trying to do to my house? I don't want no ads up. William, this is just for Christmas. Well, what's we the matter, Phil? What are you yelling about? I'll show you what I'm yelling about. Look at the lights your brother put up on the house for Christmas. Look at them. Just well, look what it see. says. Let me see. Merry Christmas from Alice Faye and Husband. Stars of State, Screen, and Radio. Now available to you. We'll work. Key call on with 6161. Toll free number 3470. This kid reads good. <laughs> Willie. How could you put a sign like that up on our house? That's the most disgraceful thing I've ever seen. Take that down. The, the whole thing? No, just the part that says we'll work cheap. <laughs> and Phil, you'd better come in now and get cleaned up. We have to leave soon. Where are we going? Oh, I forgot to tell you. The women's club is having a pre-Christmas party and play, and the husbands are all invited. Look, honey, I don't like them things. I don't feel like going. Now, don't argue. You're going. Now, hurry inside and put your Santa Claus suit on. All right, if I have to... Put my what on? Oh, oh there's something else I forgot to tell you. In the play, you have the lead. Your Santa Claus. Ooh, goody. <laughs> the day I've dreamed of is finally a ribbon. I'm going to play Santa Claus for a women's club. Ooh, I ain't gonna do it. Phil, it's too late to back out. Now Mrs. Stewart is in charge of entertainment, and I promised her you'd do it. But honey, that ain't the kind of role I play. I'm not the Santa Claus type. You know I'm a lover. <laughs> How would I know? It's <laughs> a nasty type remark. Alice, I'd like to help you, but I refuse you're to... You're not refusing anything. This play is for the children, and you're not going to disappoint them. You'll find your Santa Claus outfit on the bed. Now, go on in and change. All right, all right. Oh, if she didn't have money, would I tell her? And hurry up, Phil. Mrs. Stewart will be over to pick us up soon. Alice, mm, and did the women's club really pick Philip to play Santa Claus? Ah, uh, don't you worry about Phil. He'll be the hit of the play. Well, are you going to be in the play too, sis? Yes, yes. I'm going to sing a few songs for the children. 
Which reminds me, I'd better rehearse one of them now. Oh, lovely! Christmas toys all over the place. Little Johnny wears a funny smile upon his face. Poor Johnny has a secret, and this secret he must share. He wants to tell somebody, so he tells his teddy bear. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. She didn't see me creep down the stairs to have a peek. She thought that I was tucked up in my bedroom fast asleep. Then I saw Mommy tickle Santa Claus underneath his beard so snowy white. Oh, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen Mommy kissing Santa Claus last night. I was so puzzled I couldn't understand why Mommy was kissing the wrong man. It's Santa. And then it was that I saw Mommy tickle Santa Claus underneath his beard so snowy white. What a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen Mommy kissing Santa Claus last night. Merry Christmas. This is ridiculous, making me dress up in a Santa Claus outfit. Well, now that I got it on, I might as well look in the mirror and see how it looks. I thought so. I look... I... Hey, I'm cute. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I love that twinkle in my eye. And the way my cherry red lips show up against that white beard. I look jolly yet distinguished. Sort of like an old Liberace. <laughs> yeah, now to go in the other room and show Alice. Gee whiz. Hey, Alice. Hey, Alice, where are you? I'm right here, Phil. Well, ho, ho, ho. How do you like me in my Santa Claus outfit? Oh, oh no, Phil. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you laughing at? I think I look good. Not only that, I sound the part, too. Listen to this. Ho, ho, ho! And how would you lum glio glows What's the matter? The whiskers are too loose. <laughs> Every time I open my mouth wide, that beard gets wild. Uh, the suit's a little big for you, too. You know, Phil, somehow you don't look right for the part. I do, too. I guarantee nobody will know it's me in this getup. I look like the real thing. I know... Th Uh-oh, that must be Elliot. I'll get it. Oh, man, I can just picture his face when Santa Claus opens the door. This is going to be a surprise. Ho, ho, ho! And how are you? Oh, glum, glum, glum. 
You're gonna invite me in Or you're gonna stand there Eating that bird's nest soup <laughs> It ain't bird's nest soup Can't you tell what it is? Chew it again Let me listen Don't be a wild ball Growl no. Too quiet for shredded wheat Oh, I know It's cotton candy If you're finished I'll tell you what it is It's a beard Oh What's the beard for? What's the beard for? Can't you tell by the outfit I'm wearing? Doesn't this suit look familiar to you? Well, let me see Oh <laughs> Of course That's the red seersucker suit you bought for Easter <laughs> This ain't my Easter suit This is the Santa Claus suit I'm gonna wear for the kids Curly, you can't play Santa Claus Santa's a fat, jolly, nice-looking man And you don't look the part Too sexy, huh? <laughs> that ain't what I meant, Marilyn <laughs> No Don't tell me I don't make a good-looking Santa Claus The women's club asked me to do it Because I'm perfect for the part Bill, So just arrived yet. I... Oh, hello, Elliot. Hello, Alice. I was just admiring little old Chris here. Mm -hmm. Cute little nothing, isn't he? No, Elliot. That's not nice. Phil, I think you look positively. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my sentiments exactly. <laughs> Abbott and Costello, huh? <laughs> I guarantee that them dames will make the biggest fuss over oh, me when that I... that must be Mrs. Stewart. I'll answer it. Oh, hello, Mrs. Harris. Oh, I'm sorry I'm late, but I had trouble driving over. The traffic was something fierce. All those Christmas shoppers on the sidewalk slowed me down something awful. You know, my husband always tells me I should drive in the street, but there's so many cars there, it's dangerous. Don't you find it that way? Well, I... We'd better get going. Where's Mr. Harris? Oh, he's standing right there. Oh, yes. Hello, Mr. Harris. Now then, Mrs. Harris, we'll all drive down in my... How'd he get hurt? <laughs> I didn't get hurt Then how come you're bleeding? I ain't bleeding <laughs> This is the Santa Claus suit That I'm gonna wear for the children Oh, Mr. Harris You can't appear in front of the little children like that They'll think that you Oh, well, we can always tell them You were trampled by one of your reindeer <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be such a jolly old man I'd hang one on her <laughs> You know, you're certainly the seediest Santa Claus I've ever seen I hope you sound more convincing than you look I sound very good, just listen Ho, 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 and growl, mom's growls For heaven's sake, now he swallowed his teeth <laughs> Oh, Mrs. Harris, if I were you, I'd get a new husband I always say husbands are just like cars Once they start falling apart, get rid of them It costs too much to keep them in repairs of course, yours looks like he still has a few good miles in him, but I wouldn't advise you to take him on any long trips. Curly, she stopped. Suppose she needs winding? I don't see no place for a handle. Maybe it's the end of the record. Turn her over and see what's on the other side. Okay. Oh, Curly, you'll like this. What is it? Never smile at a crocodile from the Peter Pan album. Oh, she's an RCA label yeah. <laughs> Well, let's spin her and all see right, what... All right, all right, fellas, you're being very rude I'm sorry, Mrs. Stewart Oh, don't apologize We have to make allowances for them when they get senile 
Well, you better get in the car and get going. Those children will be waiting to see Santa Claus. Of course, they'll be disappointed when they see you, Mr. Harris, but you can make up for it by entertaining them. After all, you're an actor and you can do some of your famous barnyard imitations. <laughs> I don't do no barnyard imitations. Well, then ride your unicycle or whatever it is you do. I'm a singer and a darn good one, ain't I, Elliot? I like you better on the unicycle. Never mind. <laughs> I got a great song for those kids and they'll love it. I'll sing it on the way down. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Ooh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Ooh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, they're making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride. And soon Miss Alice Fay was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank and we, we got upset. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Hey, Elliot. Huh? Hey, look at all those kids over there. Ain't they cute? They're so eager and anxious to see Santa Claus. Hey, I wonder what I'm supposed to do to amuse them. Maybe I don't have to entertain them. I'll just go over and... and... Just be Santa. No, Curly, please don't do it. Why spoil their Christmas? I keep telling you it ain't gonna spoil it. The trouble with you grown-ups is you don't know what Santa Claus is supposed to look like. But the kids do. Mm -hmm. They'll love me, and I'll prove it to you. Look, here comes a little boy. Watch his reaction when I talk to him. Hello, little boy. I'm Santa Claus. What would you... Ow! <laughs> Kick me right in the shins. Look, you little monster, step out in the alley with me. I'll break every Curly, you can't fight a kid. You're supposed to be Santa Claus. I'll take my suit off. <laughs> Curly, he didn't like you. None of them will. Oh, that kid was just a brat. I'll pick out a nice kid. There's one over there that looks like a little gentleman. Follow me. All right. Hello, son. I just came over to see you. Hey, Ma! Somebody's here to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> Trick or treat Where'd they get them kids out of Cracker Jack boxes? <laughs> Look, son, I'm Santa Claus And why are you wearing the disguise? <laughs> it ain't no disguise This is a real Santa Claus suit And it was made for me by the little elves up at the North Pole 
Now, if you could read, you could see this label that the little elves put in the back of the suit. You know what it says? Yeah, Abby Rents. <laughs> Never mind. Rental, $3 per day. Beard, 35 cents extra. They got me a 35 cent beard? <laughs> no wonder it don't taste good. Look, kid, pay no attention. Where'd he go? He ran away like all the other kids. Curly, you ready to give up now? No, I'm not ready to give up. Maybe I'm using the wrong approach. Maybe I've been a little too brusque. <laughs> hey, look, there's a kid bending over that tree. I'll go over and pat him on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, son. My, but you're a fine-looking... Stop pressing me, little head. It ain't a cantaloupe. <laughs> I picked a humdinger this time <laughs> Julius, I didn't know you were gonna be here Mr. Harris, what are you doing in that hokey getup? What are you supposed to be anyway? What do you mean, what am I supposed to be? What do I look like in this red suit? Like 180 pounds of raw hamburger <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I am I'm Santa Claus this is a Santa Claus. <laughs> yes, I am. And if you look closely, you'll see the resemblance because I have a cheery smile, twinkling eyes, and rosy cheeks. I like your big, fat, red nose. <laughs> you do? Yeah. With that white beard around it, it looks like a tomato pushing its way to a mess of cottage cheese. This kid must be hungry. I keep reminding him of something to eat. Look, Julius, you shouldn't kid about a thing like this. You, you believe in Santa Claus, don't you? Oh, naturally. And I'm sorry if I offended you, Santa dear. You'll come to my house this Christmas Eve, won't you? Certainly. <laughs> and if you're a good little boy on Christmas Eve, I'll come riding through the sky with my reindeer, land on your roof, put my pack on my shoulder, come sliding down your chimney, and land in your fireplace. And what's the first thing you'll do when you wake up on Christmas morning? Sweep out your ashes. <laughs> You mean... The biggest blaze you ever saw! <laughs> I don't think that's nice. Especially when I was going to bring you such a lovely present. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Harris. What kind of present are you going to bring me? A hand grenade with a loose pin. <laughs> Get out of here Now will you take the hint, Curly? Nobody likes you as Santa Claus Yeah, I guess you're right All they've done is make fun of me since I got here Come on, I'm going home All right I'm going to take this suit off, too And I never want to see it again mm -hmm. Well, I told you you'd be a failure, Curly All right, don't rub it in Don't rub it in I was trying to be nice to those kids And play Santa Claus for them And all they did was ridicule me You'd think that they'd... Oh, mister... Can any kid get into that Christmas party or... Say, 
Are you Santa Claus? Yeah, you want to make something out of it? <laughs> I don't want to hear no more cracks about how funny I look. Oh, you don't look funny, Santa. I think you look wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I know. Now get lo I do? You really think so? Sure. I've seen those make-believe Santas in the stores, but they're not like you. You're much better looking. Well, I can't argue that point with you. <laughs> Wait a minute, kid. Do you think this is the real Santa Claus? I know he is. Anybody can tell by looking at him. You're a smart little fella. Uh, look, kid, there's something I gotta tell you. This Quiet, is you unbeliever. Now tell me, son, um, what do you want me to bring you for Christmas? Didn't you get my letter? Your letter? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I got it, but... Well, I just sat down to read it when suddenly the, the north wind came and blew it right out of my hand. Butterfingers? Quiet. <laughs> Gee, you didn't read my letter. I guess that's what happened last year, too. Because you never showed up. I didn't? Well, well, don't you worry, because I'm going to show up this year. And look, Sonny, as long as I'm here, uh, why don't you tell me what you want? Well, I'd like a bicycle, a pair of skates, a football, electric trains, an air rifle, a chemistry set... Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> That's quite a lot of things you're asking for, isn't it? Yeah, but don't forget you owe me a lot of stuff from last year. <laughs> you got a point there. All right, Sonny, I'll see that you get everything you want on Christmas Eve. Oh, thanks, Santa. I'll be waiting for you. Merry Christmas! I'll be there. Merry Christmas, son. Come on, Elliot. We got work to do. Hey, you know, Curly, he really believed you're Santa. You're darn right. And that's why I'm going to the store and buy him everything he asked for. And I'm going to deliver it myself on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's fine. Except for one thing, you forgot to ask the kid where he lives. I know where he lives. 22 Elm Street. Right over the grocery store. How'd you know that? Well, I... I... I don't know. It, it just came to me. Elliot, do you suppose I really am Sandy Claus? <laughs> All right, Curly. I better find out where the kid lives so we won't be disappointed. Hey, son, where do you live? 22 Elm Street, right over our grocery store. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Wait for me, I'm going with you. Curly, how did you do that? Nothing's too hard for the real Santa. Now let's take the bus and go home. A bus for the real Santa? Nonsense, we'll go home in your sleigh. <laughs> All right, Ellie. Don't argue, you get in and I'll drive. Please, Up Ellie. Donner, up Blitzen, up Prancer, up Vixen. And away we go Elliot, please, please What's the matter, Santa? Stop the sleigh, I'm getting air sick <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment Is this what wakes you in the morning? 
Well, those days are gone forever when you own RCA Victor's wonderful new personal clock radio. This tiny clock radio can automatically turn on its radio at any preset time and wake you pleasantly to music. And if you oversleep, it can gently buzz to remind you of the time, like this. This completely new RCA Victor set brings you all the advantages of a powerful radio, plus the conveniences of an electric clock. Yet it's no bigger than a clock. Choose this smartly styled clock radio for yourself, or give it for Christmas. It's the gift that keeps on giving. See and try RCA Victor's tiny new personal clock radio at your dealer's tomorrow. This is Phil again. You can still help in the fight against TB by purchasing Christmas seals. TB is the nation's number one infectious killer. So help the TB Association in your community. Buy your share of Christmas seals today. Thanks, and a Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. Included in this program transcribed were Lois Corbett, Stuffy Singer, and Tommy Reddick. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Whether you're in the mood for reading or relaxing, for dancing or romancing, there's music to match it in RCA Victor's new mood music series. You'll find a choice of melodies to fit your every mood, played by outstanding artists like Hugo Winterhalter, Henry René, and the Melocrino Strings. Ask your RCA Victor record dealer tomorrow for the new mood music records on extended play and long play records by RCA Victor. Next, here, Theater Guild on the Air over NBC. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1942-1943 season of the Jack Benny Show. Uh, tonight's episode is kind of fun because this is when I first heard about the movie George Washington Slept Here that uh, I thought it, you know, maybe it was about somehow about George Washington or those times, and it really has nothing to do with that, the actual movie. But tonight's episode gets a chance to have Jack interact with um, George Washington in a fun and interesting way. So I don't want to give too much away, but enjoy it. Real different episode, and we'll see you next time. The Grape Nuts Flakes program, coming to you from Fort Devens near Boston, Massachusetts, and starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Rochester, yours truly, Don Wilson, and our guest conductor, Abe Lyman. You know, every homemaker likes to do her very best job by feeding her family well. But sometimes it's not always easy, especially with so many food products being restricted. Yes, you really have to be ingenious these days to give your family the nourishment they must have to keep fit. But here's a plan that will help. Serve your folks more whole grain cereals. 
For whole grain cereals like Grape Nuts Flakes are plentiful, nutritious, and thrifty, too. In every helping of toasty brown Grape Nuts Flakes and milk, you get nourishment you need every day. You get proteins, minerals, and two of the important B vitamins, niacin and vitamin B1, for good appetite, steady nerves, and energy. So plan right now to build more breakfasts around nourishing, plentiful, and delicious Grape Nuts Flakes. Texas played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from Fort Devens near the historic city of Boston, Massachusetts, we bring you that leftover bag from the Boston Tea Party, Jack Benny! Well, yes, sir. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And, Don, that was a very clever introduction. <laughs> a leftover bag from the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> you sure like to rib your old boss, eh, Donzie? Yes, Jack, because I realize that you have a grand sense of humor. I see. Uh, well, Don, remember last Christmas when I gave you that nice fat check? I certainly do, Jack. Well, this year you'll be lucky if I have your girdle retreaded. <laughs> Anyway, Don, here we are at Fort Devens, and I'm, I'm glad so many soldiers could get in here for our show tonight. You know, it shows you how popular I... Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? On behalf of the boys in the guardhouse, I want to welcome you to Fort Devens. Well... <laughs> well, uh, thanks. Uh, by the way, uh, where is the guardhouse? Uh, right here. You're our punishment for today. <laughs> I should have known this was the guardhouse. When I came in, the sentry handed me a paring knife, a sack of potatoes, and said, don't quit till you see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> anyway, I'm having fun. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Gosh, isn't it cold up here in Massachusetts? Yes, Mary, it's pretty near close to zero. But of course, I, I don't feel it. I'm the rugged type, you know. I, <laughs> I can take it. Well, don't blow your nose. It might fall off. It is a little blue, isn't it? But after living in a warm place like California, my blood is pretty thin, you know. What blood? I've got plenty. Didn't I go to the Red Cross blood bank last week? Yeah, and you were sure sore when they wouldn't give you any. I was not. Well, say, Mary, uh, thanks for that Christmas present you sent me. I'm just dying to open it and see what's inside. Oh, I didn't open mine uh, either, Mary. Uh, what did you get me this year? Well, remember that gold wristwatch you saw on Tiffany's window, the one you were so nuts about? Yes. Well, I got you a box of nuts. <laughs> hmm. I'm glad you told me that, Mary, because now I'm going to return that beautiful evening gown I bought for you. Oh, you could never find that pushcart again in a million years. <laughs> I can try, sister. Hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, oh, hello, Dennis. Uh, come on over here. Is it all right if I finish these potatoes later? Well, why not? We've already peeled enough for supper, I think. Uh, 
We were just talking about Christmas, Dennis. Uh, what did you get for your old Uncle Jackie? Hmm? I didn't get anything. Uh, you mean yet, of course. Mm -hmm. Listen, kid, I don't want to hint, but uh, I saw a beautiful gold wristwatch in Tiffany's window that I admired very much. You can get it for 75 bucks. $75 for a Christmas present? Yes. Gee, that's a lot of money. It'd be different if you were my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> get it right. Now, if you're smart, Dennis, and I, I think you are, you'll buy me that watch. And now, folks... All of a sudden, I'm smart. <laughs> just remember what I said, that's all. Now, Dennis, are you ready for your song? Yes, sir. Good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, by special request... Uh, Dennis Day will sing White Christmas, accompanied by Abe Lyman and his sensational question mark orchestra. Um, go ahead, kid. Wait a minute, Benny. What do you mean by that question mark stuff? Oh, oh, pardon me, Abe. Uh, fellas, I'd like you to meet our guest conductor this week, Abe Lyman. Well, you, you got a nice hand there, Abe. Never mind that. What do you mean by insulting my orchestra? Well, it's only a, it's only a joke. I, I always kid Phil Harris and his boys. You well, know. we don't happen to be like Phil Harris. I've got a very fine aggravation of musicians. <laughs> aggravation? What's the matter with me? Can't I get one orchestra leader who can pronounce words with over one syllable? With what you pay me, why should I talk good? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Abe. You're making a lot more money now than when you used to drive that taxi cab around Chicago. Hmm? No kidding, Abe. Did you start out as a cab driver? Yes, ma'am. Well, how'd you happen to become a band leader? Oh, the click, click, click of that meter gave me the sense of rhythm. You killed the rhythm of that sentence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the click of the meter, eh? That gave Jack a nervous breakdown once <laughs> It did not Anyway, Abe, I'm really glad to have you on my program And we're friends, aren't we? Yeah, let's shake on it Put her there, kid <laughs> Well, I can throw that hand away <laughs> What a, what a grip he's got. Huh? Say, Mr. Benny, I don't think I ever met Mr. Lyman. Oh, pardon me. Abe, uh, this is Dennis Day. Hi, kid. Hello, Mr. Lyman. It's sure nice to meet a man that can put guess who in his place. <laughs> now, just, just a minute, Dennis. Uh, who are you referring to as guess who? I'm waiting, kid. I don't know what for. I'm trapped. <laughs> Well, just don't try being subtle. Now, go ahead with your song. Oh, uh, pardon me, Jack. Before Dennis sings, I'd like to have you meet Miss Olivia Ross. She's a student nurse in Boston, and she has a message for the young women of America. Well, I'm always glad to do what I can for the young women of America. I mean, welcome. Uh, welcome. Uh, uh, welcome to the uh, program, Miss Ross. Thank you, Mr. Benny. Ladies and gentlemen, nursing is one of the critical woman power shortages of the war and must be quickly made up to safeguard the health of the men in the armed forces and our civilians as well. Well, there is a shortage of nurses, all right. 
I'm glad I got a ration book, by golly. That's not for nurses. Uh, go, uh, go ahead, Miss Ross. Huh? 19,000 new student nurses are desperately needed. Any young woman who is a high school graduate in good health and between the ages of 18 and 35 can become a student nurse. 18 to 35. Gee, it's hard to remember when I was 18 years old. Hmm? It's hard to remember when you were 35, too. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Listen, Mary. It isn't so long ago that I blew out 35 candles on my birthday cake. Yeah, but think of all those you missed. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, pardon me, Miss Ross. Uh, go ahead, will you? Young women who are interested in this vital work should write to student nurses, Box 88, New York City. Uh, Box 88, New York City, eh? Yes, that's right. In Canada, girls should apply to the nearest hospital. And remember, no qualified student should be barred from entrance to a school of nursing because of a lack of funds. Well, that's grand. Thank you, Miss Ross. Oh, by the way, as long as you're here and you're a nurse and everything, I've, I've had a slight cold. Would you, uh, would you mind taking my pulse? Why, no, Mr. Benny, I'd be glad to. Let me have your wrist. Here it is. Well, what about my pulse? I'm sorry, I just don't seem to find any. <laughs> Well, I should think... Yipe! <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Anyway, Miss Ross, sing, Dennis. I used to have a pulse. I wonder what became of it. I... Christmas 
Just like the ones I used to know May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be wise May all your was White Christmas, sung by Dennis Day. Now, Don, uh, you and Abe will have to carry on with the rest of the program. I have to run along with uh, Mr. Tucker, the man with the sleigh, is waiting outside. What do you mean, the man with the sleigh? Oh, didn't I tell you? No. You see, Don, uh, I rented one for a little trip I want to make to Fitchburg. I found out there's, uh, there's a house near there where George Washington is supposed to have spent the night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Well, it's very simple, Mary. I see, I just finished a picture with Ann Sheridan called George Washington Slept Here. There's a house near Fitchburg that George Washington slept in, and that's where I'm going to spend the night. Oh, fine. I suppose if you'd been in the man who came to dinner, you'd want to sleep in a veal cutlass. There's no connection. Now, get your coat, Mary. Uh, you and Dennis are coming with me. So long, Don. See you later, Abe. Boy, isn't this a thrill to be riding in a sleigh? Come on, kids, let's sing. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Rochester. Boy, it's cold. Uh, what's the uh, temperature, Mr. Tucker? Well, it's about four below zero. Below zero? Rochester, put that jug down. Put away that apple, Jack. We've been riding for an hour. How long before we get there? Uh, how far is the old Peabody place, Mr. Tucker? Just a piece up the road here. Good. Dennis, will you stop that wiggling? Oh, no, 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 not wiggling. I'm cold. Uh, well, pull the robe around you. Can't you hurry a little, Mr. Tucker? I wouldn't be in a hurry to get to that Peabody place if I were you. Everybody says it's haunted. Haunted? Rochester! <laughs> Put that down! Gosh, it sure, sure gets dark in a hurry, doesn't it? There's the old Peabody place up ahead. Gee, it's spooky looking. Yeah. Say, the caretaker must be in. There's a light flickering in the upstairs window. Here we are. Oh, Peaches. Take it easy, girl. Peaches. It's a fine name for a horse. Named after my wife. Looks just like her. <laughs> Carry my grips, Rochester. Come on, Mary. Dennis, let's go inside. Oh, no, I'm going back to town. But, Mary, this is the house George Washington slept in. Look at that old stone chimney and those, those gables on the roof. I wouldn't care if Clark was hanging out of them. I wouldn't go in. <laughs> what about you, Dennis? You want to spend the night here? No, 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 thank you. Hmm. Well, that's three of us. So long, boy. <laughs> 
you're staying here with me. All right, Mr. Tucker, take Miss Livingston and Mr. Day back to town. Okay. So long, Mary. So long, Jack. Goodbye, Dennis. Go, 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 go. Oh, the heck with it. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Yeah, peaches. Boy, that... That night wind is sure chilly. Sure is. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's not stand out here all alone in the dark. Let's go in. Yeah. Knock on the door, Rochester. I'm holding the jug. <laughs> Okay. I'll knock, you scaredy cat. Nobody home. Let's go. You come back here. Hey. Hey, look through the window. There's a, there's a light coming down the hall. It's an old man. Who's there? What do you want? Oh, uh, pardon me. Are you, uh... Are you Mr. Stubbs, the caretaker? Maybe I am, maybe I ain't. Hmm. Well, I'm... I'm Jack Benny, and I wrote you about spending the night here. Did you get my letter? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Hmm. Well, do you mind if we come in and look around? I'm very anxious to see... Ah! Good heavens, what's that? I didn't hear nothing. Nothing? Gee... Well, what are you waiting for, Rochester? Come on in. Come on inside. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. <laughs> you, you come in here. You know, mister, I don't take in boarders as a rule. Oh, I'm, I'm prepared to pay for it, Mr. Tucker. Now, if you'll please tell me which room George Washington slept in, I'd... I'd like to go to bed. You can't miss it. It's the big one at the top of the stairs. Thank you. Now, if you'll just show me... <laughs> Gee. There's that nothing again. <laughs> I don't like this. Well, what are you waiting for, Rochester? Take my suitcase upstairs, light the candles, and turn down the bed. You want me to go upstairs alone? Of course. Nothing's going to hurt you. Boss, nothing around here, something. You go upstairs and get the room ready. Now, Mr. Stubbs, uh, how much will it cost, uh, cost me to spend the night here? Uh, would 50 cents be too much? Well, uh, does, uh, does that include breakfast? <laughs> hmm? Yep, bacon and eggs, hot cakes and coffee. Okay, it's a deal. Well, I... Might as well go upstairs now. Oh, Rochester! Yes, boss! How does the room look? I'm right here behind you! <laughs> you get upstairs. Now, Mr. Stubbs and I will be up in a minute. As long as we're all going up, let's make it a convoy. <laughs> all right, 
Lead the way, Mr. Stubbs. Hey, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, here's a room right here. Well, good night, Mr. Stubbs. Good night. <laughs> well, here we are, boss. Yeah. Let me have that, let me have that candle, Rochester. Wow, this is a big room. Wow, this is a big room. It's that echo again. I'm Jack Benny. I'm Jack Benny. I'm going to spend the night here. I wouldn't stay here for a million dollars. <laughs> what does he mean? Gee, look. Look at that old four-poster bed. Well, I might as well turn in. Just think, Rochester. George Washington slept in this house. Uh-huh. Right here in this very room. Uh-huh. Gosh, if this bed could only talk. If that bed says one word, I'll bounce through Boston. <laughs> that was just a figure of speech. Well, I guess I'll guess I'll get in bed. Oh, say, Rochester, open the window, will you? Yes, sir. Uh-oh. Darn those shutters. Rochester, reach out and close them. Let whoever is out there reach in and close them. <laughs> There's nobody out there. Well, good night, Rochester. You're going to sleep in the next room. Alone? Yes, alone. Good night, boss. <laughs> Gosh, I'm tired. Just think. I'm sleeping in the, the same bed George Washington slept in during the Revolutionary War. Gee, it doesn't seem possible. Sure was a thrill riding in that sleigh. Gosh, I, I haven't done that since I was a kid. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. General Washington. Which room is mine, Mr. Stubbs? It's that big one at the head of the stairs. Thank you, sir. Here's your 25 cents. 25 cents? I'm paying 50. <laughs> Maybe he isn't going to eat breakfast. Yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, hello there. Well, this room seems to be occupied. Oh, pardon me. Pardon me, General Washington. I'm Benny... Jack Benny. Oh, yes. We've enjoyed your program so much during these long, cold nights at Valley Forge. <laughs> Gee. Gee, thank you. Thank you, General. I'm getting tired. Would you please move over, Mr. Benny? Of course. Of course. It's a large bed. 
Uh, climb in, General. Uh, just a moment. Do you mind if I hang my wig right here next to yours? <laughs> no, no, no. Go right ahead. See, I got to get one of those white ones with curls. See, that's a beaut. Do you mind if I try it on? Do you mind if I try it on? You get out of this bed. Get out. Well, I'm cold. <laughs> Darn echo. Well, hop in bed, General. Thank you. You know, I snore a little bit, but I'll try and... Woo! That's cold. Pardon me, General. You forgot to take your sword off. <laughs> So I did. I'm always forgetting that. Well, uh, good night, Mr. Benny. Good night, General. See, just think. I'm sleeping in the same bed. With... <laughs> Who are you? I want to be a student nurse. I'm between the ages of 18 and 35. Right to Box 88, uh, New York City. They need you. Are you quite comfortable, General Washington? Maybe I am, maybe I ain't. Just a minute. You're not George Washington. General. General, where are you? I'm having breakfast, Mr. Benny. It's time for those toasty brown sweeters and that grape nuts flakes. What? They come in the big 12-ounce economy-sized package. You're John Wilson. Where's General Washington? I'm over here getting dressed, Mr. Benny. Already? Yes. I must leave now. I've got to cross the Delaware. Oh, yes. Yes, I saw it on the calendar I got from the If You Live, We're Hooked insurance company. <laughs> it's a beautiful painting. Well, goodbye, General. And good luck. Thank you. Hard! Hard! Gee, he's a nice fella. I never expected to bump into... Well, I'll be darned he took the wrong wig. Oh, General! Oh, General Washington! General, General, come back! You've got my wig! Friends, I imagine by this time that you know a lot about grape nuts flakes. But here's something you may not know. The increase in your use of grape nuts flakes in the past three years exceeds that of all the other ready-to-eat cereals put together. Now there must be something back of this outstanding increase in the popularity of grape nuts flakes. Well, there's a reason, all right. In fact, two big reasons. First, it's that malty-rich flavor. The long popular flavor of grape nuts in crisp, tempting, toasted flake form. And second, it's that nourishing goodness. For grape nuts flakes are a whole grain cereal containing the valuable whole grain food values so heartily recommended by our national nutrition program. So friends, ask for America's fastest growing breakfast cereal. Ask for delicious, multi-rich grape nuts flakes. <laughs> That was the last number of the 12th program of the new Grape Nuts Flake series. And we'll be with you next Sunday night at the same time. Now, to all you fellas listening in at the Portsmouth Navy Yard, we'll be seeing you tomorrow night with our USO show. And the following night, we'll see all you boys at Camp Edwards near Buzzards Bay. Good night, Joni. <laughs> Good 
The Jack Benny program is written by Bill Morrow and Ed Beloyne. This program is for the entertainment of the personnel at Fort Devens and does not necessarily constitute an endorsement of the product by the War Department. <laughs>